0: hello everybody welcome to comedy film nerds episode 293
1: are we starting yeah
0: okay all right i hit the red button i was like cut the but you made it
1: but you made it a little more theatrical like you actually turned to me and started talking like it was almost like a james bond villain yeah you you swiveled your chair mr bond (laughs) pet the cat yeah and then (laughs) is there a podcast
0: you would like to talk about mr bond (laughs) there we have you expect me to talk Was that your Sean Connery? Yes. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, God.
1: I am the last.
0: Oh, wow. He's the, the, the dragon. spectrum yeah. as the dragon. And yeah. uh, is there a planet he's from where everybody's an immortal, like in Highlander 2?
1: Remember, Highlander, it's the planet Zeist. So great. I've counted my mitty Oh,
0: what do we look- at? <laughs> I'm sorry. So now Sean Connery is in one of the Star Wars prequels as a Highlander? Yes. This is an amazing universe that I want to be a part of. I want to see him walk around. It's
1: Highlander 6.
0: He's a Highlander 6 Naboo? Is yeah, that, is that stationed at Naboo? <laughs> okay. All right.
1: It's a prequel, but a sequel at the same time.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds like a bad idea, (laughs) Highlander.
1: And I'm a thief, too.
0: Oh, what? This doesn't mean... (laughs) Who the fuck wrote this? This is horrible. (laughs) I don't want to be a part of this movie at all.
1: Oh, Oscar season. It's Oscar
2: season!
0: It's Oscar season! So we got a fucking... Just Sean Connery covering five different things. All right. I'm in.
1: we got a lot to talk about today
0: we absolutely
1: it's do. a sean connery retrospective for, uh, <laughs> that
0: we just decided yeah, to yeah, have
1: right now when i hit when i hit play <laughs> we're going to be talking about steve jobs crimson peak beasts of no nation suffragette and the last starfighter actually <laughs> no the last witch hunter <laughs> <laughs> similar oh
0: man I, know. Talk about yeah. the last starfighter. I would so much rather talk about the last yeah me too
1: well let's we'll see Damn. what tyler has to say about it. <laughs> um uh,
0: are we going to talk about The Last Witch Hunter the German version yeah. or are we going to talk about which version are we discussing today? Do we know? Like is there, um, is there a finished release that one of these guys saw?
1: We, we're going to find oh, out. Oh God, I can't excited. And excited. even if there was, how would they know the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Would it matter? And Neil has an excellent review of the uh, the movie as well. He okay. saw it? Oh, yeah. He took the hit for the team. <laughs> oh, and, and it's oh, a really wow. long review, too. It's like what? two to three times the length of his normal reviews. He really got into the nitty gritty of The Last Witch Hunter <laughs> for no apparent reason. How? How? What is this? It's a fascinating review. Um, I think it brought up a lot of Neil's old psychological traumas. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, so this was more of a uh, when it, sort of a first draft of a one-man show. Yeah, it
1: kind of looked that way. Yeah, because I think he still has PTSD from uh, that Nicolas Cage witch movie, oh, uh, the Witchening, or whatever that one the was. The Witching, <laughs> the Cage, and the Witching, and probably still, season, season of the Witch. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, Now does
0: he still have some like uh, late onset Chronicles of Riddick that,
1: yeah.
2: are, that are
1: affecting him? <laughs> that could be. It could be. There's got a, there's a little bit in there as well. So The new Riddick one should star Sean Connery. Of course uh, it I'm should. the Riddick.
0: I'm the Chronicle <laughs> of the Riddick.
1: Don't you go out <laughs> in the dark.
0: You guys could
2: talk. I know we you managed, to, you yet, but
0: you managed
3: to do bent. the one worse Sean Connery impression than Chris's. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In a you worse movie to, than Okay, yeah, just making sure. sure. Okay. <laughs>
3: as, as Connery gets older he becomes a worse Connery like he becomes more just pirate-esque like yeah. that just
0: I a shake and not stir <laughs> like what? what are you talking about? it's uh it's one of those it's one of
1: those where's the gadget with Viagra in it?
0: <laughs> oh, Bond oh. I'll shake and nutster. stir her oh he's just an old creep now he's just a guy at a strip club with an Ed Hardy shirt <laughs> You know, or like a Ferrari jacket. Like,
2: hey.
1: with like a some kind of like uh, and there's a laser and yeah, like the yeah. buttons. Yeah,
0: I'll mow your scot <laughs> like oh, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> like, oh,
1: this is
0: poor bottle like any of these movies. I don't like this Sean Connery at all.
1: Um we well, should let's have, introduce you know, our before do we, do yeah. do we do it. Ladies and gentlemen, first time on the podcast from Battleship Pretension the hosts uh, Tyler Smith and David Bax.
4: Thank you for having us. Hello. this, uh, now, this is
0: uh, a long time coming.
4: Yeah, it was we've been we've trying been, to work it out for a while. We've been trying to schedule
0: this for years. Yes. we One are of you is pretty like tough a, to pin down. A, a baby <laughs> yes. or we're a job or <laughs> yeah, we're looks we're like there's very been important. some beard grooming. Yeah, I've, I've been spending a
4: lot of time on my just costume me my, changes, my quality time with my beard. Yeah. <laughs> I took yes. I took a sabbatical from work. I said I need to spend some time. <laughs> when with When was my the beard.
0: decision made to go? I want a Taliban beard. I wanna I wanna be a warlord. Honestly,
4: I back in May, I went to a housewarming brunch. My new friends had just. Moved into a new place. I was in uh, Pennsylvania, Quaker town. Uh, I, I was hungover. <laughs> I was annoyed because a lot of people had brought their kids, and, and I feel like they were casting
0: an Abraham Lincoln I, thing. So.
4: I feel like <laughs> we're not letting
0: the beer thing. Go. I
4: feel like at this point, I'm at a point in my life where if someone's gonna have a party and there's gonna be kids there, that should be on like the Evite, like a warning <laughs> oh, there will boy. be kids because I'm not, I'm still not mentally prepared. I'm at the age where my friends have kids. I'm not mentally prepared. Well, to now be what around kind of children. what kind
1: of party was it?
4: It was a brunch. It was it was a completely okay for it's this is on me. Sure this is completely an okay so, place for kids to be. Right. I just wish I'd had a heads And it up. was it was a birthday party for a 6-year-old, <laughs> yeah,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. Which so was anyway, on the invitation. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know there was going to be other kids
3: there. I just one. Just the one 6-year-old. I was I was emotionally prepared for one child, <laughs> and that's it.
4: So I think anyway, I was hung over, annoyed by kids sitting Eating like a frittata in the sun and uh, mm-hmm. part of me just like broke decided, or decided gave decided up. To drop out. And I decided yeah. this this beard yeah. thing, this is the part of me that I'm not doing every morning anymore. <laughs> Although I still do I keep it off the neck. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, something something in early May changed mm-hmm. in me and I don't know uh mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I don't think I knew I just, that full. I don't think yeah. I knew that you full. You know,
1: it's interesting. I think I just have one thing to say about that. Tick 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 yeah, tick yeah, tick yeah. tick. tick.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just wondering what's the next.
1: Right, exactly. Like
0: my friend, they had uh, you know they had a happy hour get together, right, and, and I decided I to, to shave my head, yeah, or right, and a ponytail. I, yeah,
1: I mean, I I went to a carnival, and then I had to cut my ear off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this
0: is it. This yeah. is done. I, I was eating a funnel cake.
1: I wasn't expecting clowns at the carnival yeah, and i wasn't mentally I prepared be
0: one not a bunch of them <laughs> coming out of the small there's no way they all fit in that goddamn car so i thought guess what dreadlocks yeah. This yeah. Makes it.
1: <laughs> so you know i think we're gonna have to have you on every six months dave just to <laughs> monitor your appearance yeah yeah yeah
0: makes sense so now so uh to our to our fans who who don't know uh we, we have done Battleship Retention almost every year. I think last year we might have been doing the scheduling a thing. Scheduling yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But tell everybody about your show. You guys have been doing a bunch of them. You've done it for quite a while.
4: We've yeah. been doing it for, what, I guess, about eight and a half years now. Yeah. Because um, we're coming up on episode 450, so roughly that's eight and a half years. I at one a week. We've mm-hmm. done one a week. Uh, and it's a show, basically, uh, it was back in... Maybe late 2006, early 2007. Tyler called me and was—he uh, still lived in Chicago at the time—and he was like, "Hey, have you heard of this thing called podcasts?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." And he was like, "Remember that guy Jimmy Pardo uh, <laughs> from Comedy Central?" <laughs> and then so I—we I, started. I started listening to podcasts, and then he moved out here, and he was like, "I'm telling the story, but it's completely." The podcast, the existence of the podcast, is completely Tyler's idea. Tyler was like, "Let's do one of these." Neither one of us was uh, working regularly at it Or
3: no, 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 I had that job at Blockbuster. Oh yeah, you were yeah oh, holding well. down the fort at Blockbuster. <laughs> I was
4: often in between PA jobs, so we uh, started talking every week <laughs> about movies. The same sort of conversations. We sort of we didn't want it to be like you know uh, a, a show where we review the new stuff every week. Mostly yeah. because at that time. Neither one of us had enough money to be able to guarantee that we could see the new movies every week, so we decided like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's a tough time. yeah so we but we like had lived together during film school, and we like had to the, save the, money this yeah, oh yeah <laughs> this, this experience of going to parties and you know it's like college kid parties, but there's always a couple of. Geeks, nerds like us who end up spending the party two hours in the corner talking about the Aliens franchise or whatever, you know, as so we decided, let's just do – we'll pick a topic every week. Instead and try of to, ruining and we, a party, uh, why don't we yeah. do this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: so uh, we've been doing it now for 450 uh, weeks um, and way more than 450 episodes because we do yeah. two a week most weeks now. Um, and then in uh, – So guess, how many episodes? Uh, well, 450 episodes that are canon that are the main episodes but we also do a a semi-weekly thing called the movie journal where we just catch up on what we've like what we've watched on how many of those about We've been doing those since January, so almost a year, but we haven't done them every week. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, we, But we're with other like bonus episodes and stuff, we're well over 500 episodes. Yeah, okay.
3: Yeah. But how many ruined parties?
4: Uh, <laughs> all of them. Ever yeah. since the
3: ruined. Yeah, because what's odd is we'll go to a party and then we'll put on the podcast just so yeah. that everyone can, <laughs> can listen to it. It saves us
4: a lot of time. Well, Tyler <laughs> makes a playlist of his favorite episodes oh. of the podcast oh. and puts it on shuffle.
0: Yeah, who would want to <laughs> listen to fun music at a party when they could listen to Nerd Sky? talking
3: about it's like the old days when people would gather around the radio and listen to the Mercury Theater on the air and stuff like that (laughs) except now it's me and David talking about you know awesome movie deaths and stuff
4: sweet and then uh, back in I guess 2011, we expanded the website part of it, and now we also, in addition to our podcast, we have other podcasts in our fleet and uh, all sorts of ongoing movie reviews and other features and columns that go on. In
0: our fleet, I like it. That's
4: right, it's important to stay branded. Tyler (laughs) is really sunk in on this, uh, yeah, the the maritime uh, naming convention thing. Everything is welcome aboard, the fleet.
3: If you go back to like episode number five, you hear me jokingly start the episode with welcome aboard, and then you, Dave, and say, say like, oh, we're not going to say that, are we? And <laughs> yeah. then we said it ever, yeah. every episode since. Nice. Twitter, yeah. So.
0: Do you have, you guys should add like a, like a foghorn sound?
3: We do have a a little sting at the end for all of the podcasts in the fleet where uh, Paul Gilmartin, for some reason, uh, I asked him to. Because he agreed. Because he agreed. I asked a couple other people, but he was super nice and gave me a lot of variations where he says, This program is a proud member of the Battleship Retention Fleet. And I just layered on all kinds of battleship sounds uh, on top of that. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Because nobody sounds more like a battleship captain than Paul oh, Gilmartin. Yes, That's the guy I want
0: taking my armada right. into the uh into, into people's battle. ears. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just like, guys, we're going into battle. Oh, maybe I shouldn't. Oh, I'm so depressed. <laughs> I'm joking, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. I've been on Paul's show. It does it does a wonderful public service. <laughs> it really does.
1: Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start with uh, Steve Jobs. Even though Wayne Fetterman reviewed it last week, I want to see what you thought of it and uh, what you guys thought.
4: Well, I could tell you what the country thought of it. They didn't go see it. It's kind of uh, kind of impressive that this is a movie in limited release that set the 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 record for the year for per screen average, and then opened wide and made seven million dollars. Yeah. Wow. No one saw it. Well, no one really knew who he was. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> Steve. What? Yeah.
0: That's fantastic to me. I mean, I, it's, 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 uh, I, 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 I was I was excited to see this movie. Um, I kind of get, I think we're in such a, a word of mouth era, obviously with social media, that I think it was it was it's so talky. Yeah, you know, it's Aaron Sorkin, so it's all that, and I don't know that that
1: like
4: I, a play.
0: Yeah, it is. It's Very, very, much, very like, much so. It's very much mm-hmm. like a play.
4: But it's also a Danny Boyle film, and it is really visually dynamic. Uh, on it top is.
0: He it. does cool things. I, I mean, I think he does cool things, but I'm just trying to see if I could figure out why it had such a... When it went wide,
3: why nobody went to see it. I don't know. I, I, I think it's... I don't think it... it needed to be in that many theaters it's not that kind of movie it's an oscar movie i don't and michael fassbender is not a draw like there was a time when i think that's
4: the thing is to a national audience michael fassbender is not as big a star as movie like cinephiles treat him as. right
3: right like i mean i was uh, uh i was talking with my uh wife telling her that steve jobs is my favorite movie of the year by the way i'll get to that in a moment and she said, oh, I guess I should see it. She goes, who plays Steve Jobs? I said, Michael Fassbender. And she said, where do I know him from? I started listing things, and she said, I haven't seen any of those. She, I mean, she'd seen Inglorious Bastards, but he, it's a smaller role yeah. in that. And so she hadn't seen 12 Years a Slave. She hadn't seen any of the, uh, the newer X-Men movies. Um, Shame. I, I, shame? I, she had not seen Shame? I just think it's a shame. Yeah. Again, yeah, but I mean, definitely. like, Shame was a smaller
0: shame. film. Yeah. You know, he just played Macbeth, you know, that was in nine theaters in the UK and Australia. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I think that's a great point. We think of, oh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. So for me, I like the film. I like Aaron Sorkin, but I had a hard time. It took me a while, at least almost a half an hour, to get past the fact that his accent was so... British actor doing the hard American (laughs) Uh, R and it was like and then Kate Winslet was doing a a woman from Poland who uh, has been living in America forever Mm -hmm. so American Mm. accent with slight Polish like and I was like I thought she nailed
3: it though I thought she did a better job than
0: than yeah but it took me a lot out of that and that's the thing I, I I'm really starting to get tired of is English actors. I mean, I'm sure maybe they're they are tired of years of dumb Americans going LA, you know. But I, <laughs> they're
3: paying us back for uh, Dick Van Dyke. Dick-
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I I feel like, but I am getting a little tired of 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 that. So it was I did get past that. You know, Michael Fassbender is such a good actor that the scenes were. You know, he's an engaging actor to watch. But that accent thing was a little. I finally got over it and started getting into the movie, but again, it took me a good twenty to thirty minutes for me to. And then, and then periodically there would be these little slips where I'd go, "Oh, that's I just heard his I just heard his UK ness." <laughs> um, overall, it's 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 a really good. Seth Rogen does a great job as Wozniak. I thought and and Jeff uh, Daniels is the one that
4: really oh, jumped shit, out at me, yeah. and I, he's amazing. I guess it's uh, everyone has their own favorite because for me, it's Michael Schulberg. Oh, uh, he is great. Yeah, he's great as the other uh, the male Andy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the two Andys in the movie,
3: yeah. he's, the, he's the only one that didn't make the poster. Even though he does he have has a, just
4: as big a part as the yeah. four on the poster, he's just no one knows him.
0: It's funny because like all those people did a great job, and Jeff Daniels. Oh my God! Between. Newsroom The Martian and this he's just like this right. guy that yeah, he's, he's on a, a roll
3: obviously yes yeah. dumb and let's dumb not two. Forget that. Oh, of course oh, yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> now, well that goes without
4: saying <laughs> was
1: there any like controversy controversy with this on the
4: pronunciation of controversy yeah on, on
1: the pronunciation of <laughs> <Huge>. controversy yeah <laughs> uh, on this uh, particular itineration of um, Steve Jobs' life was like uh, Steve Wozniak was somebody upset over this like this well, portrayal uh, apparently <laughs> part, like, yeah <laughs>
4: apparently part of the reason that multiple bigger stars like Leonardo DiCaprio and Christian Bale passed on this mm-hmm. is because Steve Jobs' wife, not not Catherine Waterston from the movie, his wife when he died, was like personally reaching out to people and asking them not to do this movie. Really, that's that's the story. That's that's what I've what I've heard. And that's and that's why Sony, because this movie was at Sony first, and, and Sony passed on it uh, yeah. as well, I think, for, for these so kinds of reasons. she didn't have Fassbender's number? <laughs> I guess not, or maybe he doesn't care. He's unlisted. yeah uh, Everybody else is in the
3: phone book.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, but I, I found myself watching this and thinking, uh, I don't know enough about Steve Jobs' life to know, but I know enough about Aaron Sorkin to know, I don't know that that's 100%. Like, certain things happen, I'm like, I'll bet that's not 100% accurate. That seems more circuit, Sorkin than reality. Very much so, mm-hmm. yes. But I'm also kind of... I'm not a person who thinks that uh, a movie that's based on real reality has to be like slavishly, uh, uh, I don't know, what's what I'm looking for? I don't know, it Faithful. doesn't have to be, what's that? Faithful. Faithful, it's exactly what I was looking for, uh, to real life. It, if at the end of the day, it's a good movie, then it's a good movie, and that's how I felt about this. Talking to somebody that had
0: seen the documentary that came out like a month or two ago, yeah, they, they said it was fairly accurate with regard to that. I mean, obviously some stuff was sort of dramatized, but that was how... In that documentary, you know, he does not come across well in no, terms yeah. of a, as a, as a person, Um and it's that thing. And I and I love that Wozniak makes this point of you don't have to be a dick to be brilliant. No, right, you know, which which is a great point. I I don't like that mentality that well. I have to just be an asshole. That's how it gets done. No, yeah. and I think that's no, what doesn't. I.
3: That's one of the things that I love about the film is so many biopics will either canonize this person to the points like th- where they're not even human. They're, like, above all of us. Or it kind of takes this warts and all kind of thing where it's like, we're going to show you the person behind it, and they show you such a horrendous asshole that it makes you wonder, like, I don't even care. This person could have cured cancer, and I don't care. Uh-huh. Like, they usually go one or the other. Very few biopics kind of toe that line where it shows that, yeah, they're not perfect. Uh, in fact, maybe they have a, a number of flaws, But they did still do amazing things. And I feel like that's what I like about this one is it shows that him being an asshole and him being a genius, they come from the same place, which is uh, uh, an inability, more than a a lack of desire, an inability to compromise. Like, he can't do it. And it's tough because I look at that and I think maybe he did need to be an asshole – because it, uh, in life, for him to get these other things, because if he starts compromising on one thing to accommodate people's feelings, maybe he'll start on the other, but maybe not. The, and I, what I like is that there's some ambiguity in the film about that, as opposed to, again, most biopics either say definitively, this guy was an asshole and he didn't have to be, or this guy was brilliant. And, ever, and uh, that completely excuses his assholeish behavior. I feel like this is a very ambiguous film. And that's what I respond to a lot about it. I feel like (laughs) if you were ever going to make a straight up biopic of like Orson Welles, I feel like this is the tone you need to strike, Uh, or or probably any genius who was uh, personally uh, tough. You know, Um, I feel like it just has that. It balances that out. That's in the performances. That's in the directing. That's in the writing. And it just like when I when I came away from I I went into the film. With no expectations of it being good. I thought it was, was going to be a cut rate social network. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. And then uh, I did I certainly did not expect it to be my favorite movie of the year, which it currently is. I'm sure something will come along to knock it out. But uh, boy, oh boy, it surprised me.
0: I, I, I liked You're, it. My, my question was...
3: I, I
1: don't why is I, it your
3: favorite movie of the
1: year?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait, did I not just say
0: all that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why is it surpassing other like films? Like
1: other films, yeah.
3: Um... Well, I will say, up until this, and I don't want any shit for this, because if, if you don't like it, you haven't seen it, my se- my second favorite movie of the year right now is Paddington. Has anyone seen Paddington? I've
1: seen Paddington. Isn't
3: it amazing? It's a good movie, it's, yeah. I love it so much. Um, I think, honestly, I think some of what... Uh, I wouldn't
1: put it in best movie of the year, but it
3: was a good movie. <laughs> you're factually incorrect.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think what... what Sort of solidified it for me from a from an artistic standpoint. Uh, the format of Steve Jobs is fascinating. Like you said, it was basically a play, and it's like a three act play. Three act play with these, boy, three event, I, these three event these three release events: eighty four, eighty eight, and and ninety eight. 98. Mm. And I I did not expect that format going in, and it takes a little while to realize. Oh, this is what they're doing. This is kind of amazing because it takes. Another thing that I like about biopics, which is you take a snapshot of a person's life and use that to kind of represent their whole life in microcosm, and they do it three times as opposed to—so you can see him age, you can see the progression of his career, but you're not seeing all the transitional moments. You're just seeing snapshots Uh, and I like the moments that they chose, like with the, what was it called, Next? Next, oh yeah, that was great. Like the choice to show that as opposed to some other thing. Like Like, the iPhone. Like the iPhone. Right. Right. I thought that was amazing. Like when he seems to be at his lowest point, and you see that he's actually, there's no such thing as a lowest point for him. Right. Uh, I think that's, I don't know, choices like that where they come at it from an odd angle, I think kept it interesting and, and invigorating to me.
4: All right, I think fair what enough. I, what I responded to is less about, you know, uh, you're focusing on him and his work, um, and that, clearly that's why the movie exists, sure. but I I, th- I've, I responded more to his interpersonal relationships, and basically this is a portrait of a guy who tends to treat people like shit, except there's this handful of people... That he truly loves, and them he really treats like shit, yeah <laughs> and that's, that that's the fascinating thing to me is is that it's uh, that you realize over the course of these like fourteen years or three you know uh, three days out of fourteen years that he really cares about these people that keep coming into his life. He just has no clue how to show it, and ends up often displaying the opposite,
2: yeah.
0: I, I the one thing I, I was I wanted to see in this movie that wasn't in it is I wanted to see Ashton Kutcher's reaction as he
2: watched
0: because <laughs> <laughs> like when he got the Steve Jobs movie you know he was like this is it we
2: Oscar
0: and then thump, like, this comes out. I, I just, like, it must be, like, all of those basketball teams in yeah, the 90s. No,
1: no more being remembered as Kelso.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, all those basketball teams in the 90s that had to play against Michael Jordan.
2: You know, like,
0: oh, Thunder Dan Marley from the Phoenix Suns has to, this is his year. No, nah, no, it's not. None of you are getting
3: rings. None of you. None of you. All I heard was, uh, as you were talking about sports, all I heard was, like, feedback. Just, like, microphone feedback. Nice. I, I've nothing. Nice. (laughs) I have no idea what you just said. There's a guy named Michael Jordan, right? He's the guy that's going to be playing uh, uh, Apollo Creed's son.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. going to play Apollo Creed's son, of course. That, that
3: actor's name is Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I know yeah, the that, joke. Just, make it, make it, just yeah. making sure. Yeah. Nice words. okay
1: yeah. We're among movies.
3: And, yeah. and that movie yeah. looks great. It uh,
2: looks great. Yeah. I'm it. He, excited. He
1: was, that, was in a, he was in a movie with Bugs Bunny, and they played basketball.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, is. that's okay. The, the... Okay, that, okay. All, right. That, all right. There's a
1: movie <laughs> connection. Oh, that guy,
3: was he a good basketball yeah. player? Yeah, he was all right. He was all right. It
0: helped him get a movie career. Yeah. And Cologne. Yes. All right, so you saw
1: Crimson Peak. I saw Crimson Peak, and I saw this. On Saturday night, it was date night, my wife and I went to see Crimson Peak get in the uh in the mood for halloween and i 'll tell you it's I was excited to see this movie it was uh because i 'm a big fan of Guillermo del toro and it it 's not bad it it 's not the home run I was kind of hoping it would be, but it 's not bad by any it 's still good it 's by, by any means of the stretch of the imagination is it an amazing film no, but is it is a a disaster no it 's like right in the middle because what Guillermo del toro did in an amazing job, is he created this unbelievable atmosphere for this film. And the atmosphere for this film was a homage to all, every single uh, Victorian haunted house movie that you ever have ever seen. And he pretty much took that and amplified it to the only way that he can do. Like, you have all of these uh, cool spirits, they look terrifying, but a lot of things in his films are like nothing is quite how it seems like you have uh spirits but uh he treats like ghosts and supernatural more like um tragic figures than just things that are trying to scare you so there's a little bit of depth with his vision where the movie falls flat is the script and the characters where oh i've seen these characters before i've seen the script before i've seen this these plot twists before there's uh, there was more that could have been done there but you're so mesmerized by his vision that you kind of forgive like, this, that this script is trotting on um, uh, some, some common ground <laughs> that you've seen right. in, in other films. Uh, the performances are good. I'll tell you, it, it, the other thing that I did like about it, even though there weren't like, these wide and varied characters and character developments, every actor put their all into it. Like, it's like it's a Victorian drama. And that's the way you make a horror movie: is you treat it like a drama, so the reactions and all the action looks real. So, uh, and that's the thing that they really do right. God, Jessica Chastain, she's just she she's can be in she can yeah. literally be in any movie, like uh, ever from Zero Dark Thirty to this to this you know creepy countess that always wears black in a haunted Victorian mansion. But you never question. You're like, oh, it's the girl from Zero Dark Thirty. What's she doing in here? You believe her instantly when yeah. you see her on the screen. Um so it wasn't a home run. Uh Neil goes into far more depth on the website in his uh review, but if you're a Guillermo del Toro fan and um you like his films and you're you're interested in like a uh, a real atmospheric, really um kinda cool horror movie, just don't expect a crazy great plot or story structure i mean it had a couple twists and interesting things to it but that's not the star of the movie the star of the movie really is the vision and the atmosphere that gilmo del toro created I,
3: I will say and i realize that in talking about steve jobs i've been very hyperbolic but what i will say is that i think crimson peak is the most beautiful movie i've seen all year um the art direction the costumes the lighting the use of color like it's, it's a amazing. film that should yeah. be seen in the theater yeah like yeah. the script it's yeah it's who I, w- I was gonna say who gives a shit I was engaged you know right. I thought the actors all did a good job and, and I was invested in the characters to a point um, but yeah the the Victorian thing that the Hammer films like the minute they revealed that the lead act the lead character's last name is Cushing I was like got right. it like <laughs> yeah. Peter Cushing uh-huh. okay I know the movie you're there are all these now. little
1: Easter eggs yeah. in there and just the effects were really cool and there were some really terrifying scare moments but that yeah. wasn't the focus of the film do you yeah. think that you have to be a, a
0: horror fan to enjoy this film <sighs>
1: You know Maybe. what? It, it, it'll definitely help, but I think you, if you're a Guillermo del Toro fan, that will help mm. more because what he does is he still genre bends a little bit. It's not a straight horror movie. It's also kind of a Victorian drama with ghosts. Mm. And but the the thing that just made me roll my eyes is they like made reference to that. Right. Like you know, one of the characters is a writer and she's writing a ghost story, and she actually there's actually dialogue in the film that says. Well ghosts are just a metaphor for the past. No, don't tell me the subtext of your film. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Stop. You, I don't need that. I don't need a character to tell me what this all means. Okay? Let me figure it out on your own, because it's it's not that hard. You know? <laughs> I mean, this is not some complicated
3: allegory that we can't figure out. <laughs> I do I do think that not merely a horror fan, but a uh like an historical horror fan. Because you know, box. If you look at the box office, it did great Thursday night. It's opening weekend. It did great Thursday night. It did great Friday. Then the box office dropped off because of word of mouth. And word of mouth was this is not the horror. This is not the scary movie. It's being advertised as. Right. It is something else. So I think people went in expecting. And horror fans went in expecting this really intense, conjuring-type movie.
1: Yeah, being
2: scared and for every that. five minutes. And right. it is not
3: that. It's more just, a, like you said, a general tone of, like, mm-hmm. oppression. And, uh, but, yeah, I thought it wound up – it's way better than the movie I thought they, they were going to put Deviant out Deviant Victorian behavior. Oh, my, like yes. <laughs> mm, yes. Mm, very arousing. <laughs> but, yeah,
1: it's definitely – it's, and that's what – you know what it reminded me of? is It reminded me of uh, Pacific Rim. Like when you watch Pacific Rim, because the way the way Guillermo del Toro made his movie, like you see the trailer, you think you're going to see this, you know, this amazing robots fighting monsters, and you get that, but it's also that's the script falls flat a little bit. Like you see kind of that style where, like, yeah, it's still a good movie, but it could have been a lot more if there was a little more uh, attention paid on the There's script and crafting of the two it a little
4: Victorian bit. Victorian mansion stand up and punch each yeah and <laughs> punch each other. Yeah, there is, is right. that part too. Oh yeah, is worth absolutely. Every
1: <laughs> so um but you know you, you get movies like uh hellboy and uh pan's labyrinth that are mm-hmm. just such um well pan's labyrinth especially it's such a well-crafted film from start to finish yeah. you want to see a little bit more depth in some of these other movies and i think crimson peak had the potential there i think it just kind of trod some familiar ground
3: well i wonder if you know because crimson peak is kind of a throwback and and um Pacific Rim, which I haven't seen, but you know, it's a throwback to a different, you know, to those giant monster movies. He's making movies about things he loved as a kid. Yeah. Like, and he's just
1: pretty much taking them and they're like, this is my vision of the stuff I grew up on.
3: And maybe he's so emotionally close to it that he feels like he doesn't, or maybe he's not consciously aware of this, that he's not putting in the effort on the script because to him, these things are immediately engaging. Right. But for other people who didn't who weren't raised with this stuff maybe you need to work a little harder which is why pan's more. labyrinth works so well like i think that's a great script and i yes. because it's not based on anything it's a thing that was inside him that he just needed to get out and but he wasn't necessarily banking on anything in his own past or anything like right that, so
1: so it's it's definitely worth a view it's not a disaster or failure in the by theater. any in the theater yeah i think it's gorgeous. It, it is, its it's you know, your jaw just drops on some of these scenes in the sweeping um, landscapes and just the architecture of the home. And even just in the um, – some of the close-up shots are just so beautiful. The way he composes um, this creepy mansion and then, of course, there's going to be like – even the way the horror comes in, like the ghosts and stuff, it's so calculated mm-hmm. where everything comes in in the frame. It's really um, – there's just a care and a vision to every single shot and scene.
3: Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> Grim's <convinced>. so,
1: yeah, <laughs> right. so i saw
0: the trailer and I went, i'm never gonna see it
1: <laughs> i think if you saw this maybe on a plane or if you saw it like uh, like I oh know. there's nothing else on oh, no that's the worst way to see it uh,
3: <laughs> it's like it's like uh so when i'm when i'm working and doing my day job i will often just have stuff on and uh and i was watching the walking dead like that and then i realized like oh no 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 that's not the way to watch the walking dead yeah see, that's true i'm hearing the walking dead and not seeing it That's the exact opposite of how one should view The Walking Dead, because that dialogue is awful But gorgeous, visually right. And uh, so like, if you're going to see Crimson Peak, Graham, which obviously you're not But if you're going to, you got to mm-hmm. see it uh, In the theater or like on a big screen on Blu-ray Alright And then, uh, you know, listen to some
2: <laughs> listen,
3: sound down. listen to some yeah. earbuds if you want Sure, while
0: sure, I'll do that I'll do, I'll do a mashup. up <laughs> um, so <all> right.
1: dismissive <laughs> <laughs>
0: i saw the trailer i went creepy house it's a house no one would ever set foot in ever yeah. you, you drive by it uh, you know from you the street up. and you go oh no no way we're not no, we're not even gonna slow down and look at this house
1: it's a family mansion you have yeah. no choice oh, you have to live there
0: yeah no you, i'd find another mansion we'll get a. we'll get a bed and breakfast
2: there's a lot of options
3: we could do we could tent we could get camp have uh, you guys have you guys ever had paul gobel on this show yes Mm -hmm. okay that's good because i because i forget that you and here like old friends and you dismiss things in the same way where it's just like we you spend like five minutes trying to say no it's really great yeah all right anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah scary house i get it fuck yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's my polite way of saying go fuck
1: yourself (laughs) um so you saw beasts of no nation
0: yes um Very uh, interesting marketing campaign with the posters, Mm -hmm. Um, and it is really intense. It's on Netflix. They're doing a limited theatrical release because Netflix, I'm assuming – a couple years ago when they won an Emmy went, you know what? I think we need to win an Oscar now because um, <laughs> right. this movie is amazing.
1: And they're doing the qualifying runs to make sure it's eligible, even yeah. though they're releasing it at the same time on Netflix.
4: As it should be. It should but be. But not at any of the major multiplex chains because they are refusing to show it. Oh, that's it's... true. Yeah. And not
1: mm. because of the content, because of the the way they're releasing yeah. it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Yeah. Because it's kind of, you know, it's... I, and I don't blame them if like, I'm not going to see it in the theater. I'm going to see it at, a ho- at my home whenever I want.
0: Honestly, I kind of wish I could have seen it in a theater hmm. because they shoot, I believe they shoot it in Ghana. It's supposed to, it's kind of an undisclosed West African country. They keep that sort of vague, intentionally vague, to sort of show this is happening in a bunch of countries in Africa right now. So we don't need to make this that specific. Right. Um, it's based on a book about an actual child soldier. Um, I've watched a couple of like documentaries and news stories about this and it's 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 pretty brutal. What happens to these kids, their parents get killed some way and then they're just like, I'm either gonna put a bullet in your head or you're gonna join my army at age 10. Right. And by 13, they're hardened... Killers. Killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this movie does and it's pretty graphic and it's pretty brutal Um so it's it's hard to watch. There's scenes that are very hard to watch. What makes them hard to watch is you're going, oh, this is happening today, right now. Right. This is happening. This isn't some like fictional crazy thing. It's not some slasher film or Saw or whatever. It's brutal, you know? And you watch two 10-year-old boys hack a guy to death because they're ordered to. And that's how they got to join the army. And it's it's it's, you see... It shows you on a personal level and on a day to day, and like in the jungle, what happens when you have uh, greed, poverty. Uh, no social structure, you know. No, we're not sending troops there because there's no oil there. There's no natural mm-hmm. resource that we need until we find one. Maybe there's minerals that we need for cell phones, and then maybe we'll go and invade there.
3: What? They're diamonds?
0: Yeah. Somewhere. Well, there's somewhere, and that's those conflict diamonds. And that, again, it's just it just.
3: Right. Yeah, we already have a way of getting those, yeah. so we don't need to.
0: <laughs> so it's like it's pretty brutal, man. And it's and Idris Elba, the reason why this guy needs an Oscar nomination. First of all, he's an amazing actor, and right. secondly, the guy he plays, how he plays this guy. Well, who does he, what he
1: car- play? Kind of he character? plays the,
0: the 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 commander of this this rebel army, hmm. and he serves. He's they're fighting the you know. There's an a, there's some sort of oppressive oligarchy there. That's that's of course it's so horrifying because it's like there's no good guy, right? You right. know what I mean? There the he, and and. So, but he sort of views himself and, and pitches to these kids that eventually are, I mean, he's technically kind of brainwashing them that we're, we're the, we're fighting the oppressive and there isn't, and is the government (coughs) oppressive? Of course. Yeah, they're corrupt and they fucking kill people. So what happens is then there's this fucking evil rebel army that just fucking goes out and chops people up and it's horrifying. And the way he plays this guy It's this is such a skilled thing to do as an actor. Is it's you don't just look at him go, oh, he's evil, he's the bad guy. You see it from the kid's point of view of like, well, this guy's my dad, he's protecting me, he's feeding me, you know.
1: Isn't he also the one that killed their parents, too? Maybe Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) you don't know. They keep that vague. If the movie just sort of starts and his parents are killed and he's running through the jungle and then they catch him, oh, right, and then he's like, I'm gonna make you bring you by my side, you know, and then there's abuse. I mean, it's just like. It's so brutal, well, now, and, and there's, just, there's some. There's this, you know, there's one scene. This one kid that he sort of starts to befriend, and he's like, "Do you like this war?" And the kid just barely shakes his head, no.
1: Now, do they um, do they go to like you see these kids grow up? Like what happens to these child soldiers, or is it really just kind of like a, a snapshot
3: in that time of like? I honestly, find myself wondering how many of them get the chance to grow up. Like my guess is I don't, I feel like they don't have a very long lifespan.
0: Yeah. I don't want to spoil the whole film, but it it, it doesn't, it doesn't like go like a several year snapshot. It's like a year, you know, and and just Mm -hmm. in that time,
1: a lot happens.
0: Guess what? And you know, it's, it's, and I know, and it's in, I was reading the IMDB. One of the guys in there, uh, who's, who's naked, uh, and that's like, he's the naked soldier or whatever. Uh, If you're reading and reading IMDb, uh, that guy, um, his name is Tripod, uh, was a member of the Liberian Armed Forces during the Liberian Civil War. And he insisted on being naked. That's the thing. It feels so authentic. Really? They cast people. You're like, I bet you some of these guys did this. Mm. You know, and um, it's it's it's. I think it did, it needs to be watched by people or mm-hmm. at least everyone needs to pay a little more attention to this kind of stuff that's happening because I mean, you know, I was in Chicago visiting family and, you know, I got three nieces and nephews and they're playing baseball and softball and they're in mm-hmm. school and I'm just, you're just like going, Jesus, you know, like no American kid is really going to ever have to, hopefully never have to endure this kind of thing. Or, right. I mean, we have, the, you know, we have the inner city gangs and there's, that's, that's brutal and there's not, but this is, this is 10 times worse. It's unbelievable. And it's like, nobody gives a shit.
1: Well, what, um as far as like the structure of these organizations go, like, is it like rebel forces, like clans fighting each other? Or is it like some... Corrupt government that's fighting the rebel soldiers, or is it kind of vague all that they that, keep? It's
0: all that sort of tribal shit. Uh huh. It's it's. I mean, it's sort of like Afghanistan.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, there's, there's there's the government, there's the Taliban, but then there's also just these tribal warlords who are just fighting for their little patch of land, and they got to make a deal with the Taliban guy this week and the government guy that week, and you know, so there's just that's the thing. It's just very. It's not this interesting you know they've got this uniform and we've got right. that one and we're going to you know it's it's so vague and it's fueled by poverty and greed and and decades of cult, of this culture and it's just like
3: and i assume there's almost a de- like on at, for the people at the top obviously there's greed but for everybody else it's just like i have to kill you to stay alive either like sometimes it's the person pointing a gun at me and saying, kill this person or I kill you, or just literally a dog-eat-dog situation, just pure desperation. For sure. And what else are you gonna do? Of
0: course, and that's part of it. He finally goes to the headquarters and meets the supreme, Co- Idris Elba has to meet his mm. commander's boss. It's a nice palace. The boss comes yeah. out in a suit. Right. Him and his men are in these dirty, just, you know, they've got literally bones around their neck and shit like that, and this sort of makeshift, uh, you know, uniforms that are just like, and and they're finally allowed to eat, you know, and it's just like, it's so much of that. It's just like, I mean, I, you know, it's like, it's like what I, the times I've been in Afghanistan and talked to soldiers there and they're like, well, what do you do? You blame the poor farmer. We took away his, his opium.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That was his main crop. And we, so we can't grow his crop to feed his family. And then the Taliban comes and says, here's a hundred bucks. Just place this thing on near that road.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Is he a terrorist? Or is he just a hundred bucks feeds his family for a month? And this 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 thing in Africa is very similar to mm. that.
1: And who's And also the government corruption too. Like there were there were I don't think they worked, but there were uh um government programs where we would Pay the farmers not to grow sure. opium, and then uh, they would take the money. Then sometimes grow it anyway. Of course. <laughs> so it, it, you know, it, I don't think you know as as nice as these intentions were. It never really worked out anyway.
0: I mean, that's there's one scene in there where there's like a UN caravan drives through, and the, the rebel army are walking along the street, and the UN caravan, and they just sort of show these white people behind these windows, and one of them has a camera, and it's just almost just like. So well, a lot
1: of them get killed too. The yeah. UN workers.
0: But they're just like the UN and they're just sort of, you see them from, from the soldiers perspective. The UN is just sort of, they're just like, and one of these kids is like, that's the first white person he's ever seen. It's just sort of this like Disney ride.
4: Right. It just kind of comes
0: through, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Warlordville. You right. Know? It's, just like, it's, it's, it's it's worth seeing. Know, know this, there's very graphic, violence in there
3: right. I do want to watch it but I haven't yet been in the mood to have my whole day ruined yeah. uh, by
4: a movie it's, I will
3: at some point I like you know this is the this is the time of year for misery uh, when you watch your movies
4: see I don't uh, know if I'm gonna watch it I saw the trailer I was like I get it yeah, I get it <laughs> kid in <laughs> <a>
2: war <laughs> and
3: blah blah you're driving by this horrible war torn country you just keep driving why would you stop He <laughs> wouldn't stay there <laughs>
0: So it's it's fascinating. I at least encourage people to, if not, to get a little more educated on the subject if mm. if you haven't already. So
1: um, it's no. a kids' movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now we'll go to another historical
4: film: um, Suffragette. Yeah. Um, you saw this. I saw a Suffragette, and I, I, I'm did you telling you. Did
0: you get a press screen? Because yeah, it's not
4: out yet, right? Uh, it came out this weekend. In oh, London it did? Release. Mm-hmm. It's, it's out here, but yes, I did see it uh, in advance. Um, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, This is the women's movie in,
0: in England.
4: Yes, 1912 uh, in, in London, um, and it's the movie. I, I so wanted this movie to be good. It should be this year's Selma. Because it should be the right movie for this moment, you know. It's so, being positioned for Oscar bait for well, sure. Well, you know, Selma came out last year. Uh, you know, on the uh, you know so soon after the like Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, and all you know this, uh, all of this talking in the zeitgeist about uh, police brutality and police treatment sure. uh, of, uh, of of black Americans, and Selma just was. Not only a great movie in its own right, but was so the movie for its moment. And Suffragette should have been that because 2015 has been a year where we have talked more, th- more so than in a long, long time, about inequality uh, of the inequality of women and uh, and even and especially within um, within Hollywood. And 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 you know, this is a movie that's writ- written by a woman and directed by a woman and stars a woman and tells a woman's story. This should so be. The movie that latches on to that feeling in the culture and expresses that and it ends up just being so by the numbers and dry mm. and dull that it's you know yeah i mean you you can you could write the whole movie from the first couple scenes uh and it never gets the blood pumping the way that selma did i mean you've got it's uh, weird, because the trailer did. The trailer made me go, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. see this. But uh, Carrie Mulligan is great, as always. And I would say uh, Brendan Gleeson, who plays, like, the main antagonist, he's the head of the sort of police task force that's supposed to be, uh, you know, stopping these uh, suffragettes and uh, discrediting them. They're a great—if it was—this uh, is what I said on the podcast—like, if it was just— a two-hander that was just them talking about the ideals of su- of the of women's suffrage for two hours. That would have been a better movie because they're fantastic. But the the movie itself is just kind of bloodless, airless. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. Women's suffrage. Got it. it. Yeah.
2: Boo hoo. You're, you're, and
3: then you're we're driving going by a rally and you're just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not stopping. Then
2: why? You know?
0: Hey, oh, so. we want our rights. You'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just relax.
3: And the, the easy there, toots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The last historical film we're going to talk about, the last witch hunter.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, sure, based on. This is yeah. another it... biopic, <laughs> yes. biodrama. You
1: know, it's he's the last one. Clearly, there's a history
3: of witch hunters. <laughs> Oh, this movie's so. Who gives a shit? Um,
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, I. I uh, well, just real quick, this guy Neil had a lot to say about it. Yeah. oh yeah.
1: There's a, there's a ton well, on the site about it. Get let it let out of your say,
0: system. Let me just say this real quick. So so if you listen to the episode that we recorded live at LA Podfest, this is one of the trailers we should, we we watched, and our our intern Aaron Bangart who's the German, mm-hmm. decided <laughs> to get this one in the German. So
2: <laughs> and
0: we then sent Aaron to his Russian friend, who's yeah. the intern. Um, but yeah. So we have mentioned this movie a little bit if you did listen to that episode. But so, all right, go ahead.
3: All right. Break so man. I needed to see, because I had seen Steve Jobs, but I knew you guys covered it already. So I mm. wanted to see something. It was between Rock the Casbah, which I had heard was not really that good. Mm. Um, and I knew you'd go off on some Afghanistan thing. And, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm tough. You know, I get it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> But I I had the feeling that there'd be more ground to cover with uh, Last Witch Hunter just because obviously it's the it was the uh, so it's of just
4: the movie that... that none of us has seen Gemma and the holograms somehow we uh, all against Gem and the holograms that's,
0: true. that's so
1: okay. weird it slipped through the cracks <laughs> damn it
0: I'll see it on a plane
1: from the director of Step Up Two comes Gem and oh. the holograms now is
3: that the streets is that Step Up Two the streets or is that a different no, thing that's it is that what it is I like
4: how our friend. A uh, friend of our podcast, Jason Eakin, say, refers to it as "Step Up Two to the Streets." <laughs> <laughs> to, the str- to the streets, fresh
3: Adidas for the men. So,
4: so that's the last switch, Hunter.
3: Yeah. Well, it's uh, the thing is, like now, I was, I was bummed. A- I was bummed that we were on today because this was a shit weekend. Like, yeah, aside, yeah. From, aside from Steve Jobs uh, going, going wider and stuff, like, you had Gem in the Holograms, you had a paranormal activity, activity movie, who gives a shit? You had, like, Three Rock times the Casbah. Who gives a shit so far? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, this, it's that kind of weekend, who gives a
1: shit? Yeah, but technically, isn't The Last Witch Hunter also a
3: time travel movie? It is
2: kind
1: of. Uh, <laughs> wow. So that means I have to see this. Yes,
3: <laughs> it is a time travel movie. It's do, your I favorite genre. Oh, boy, hang on. I don't think you need to see... Well, of course,
1: nobody, <laughs> nobody needs to see it.
3: But this was... Of the m- new movies, this was The Moneymaker. I think it debuted at number six for The weekend. But I think That's this is the money. one that made money. Any kind of money. You know, Steve wow. Jobs was a bomb. Gem of the Hologram's obviously a bomb. Rock the Casbah, I think, was a limited release, so it wasn't going to do super great That's anyway. That's just an arthouse
0: film, from what I can gather. At least the, how they're marketing it and showing it.
3: Yeah, it's it's certainly... It's not like it's at all these AMC theaters or anything like that. But um, But yeah, and so... Uh, last Witch Hunter. I- I'll say this. Um, it's not horrible. Uh, they do some visual things that I like because um, it's all about, as I'm sure you can imagine, there are a number of witches. And, there's, and they uh, need to be hunted. Yes. But there's only one guy left. He is indeed the last <laughs> witch hunter. Um, and, uh, and everyone it, else is untrainable.
1: Well, just to...
2: Talk <laughs> <Like> that, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he just... He hands them a sword and their, their hand just rejects it. <laughs> it Lastly, You're the last one. It's or is like, it
0: like nobody... Went, like, my dad was a witch hunter. Yeah. I want to do something yeah. else.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's well, a very emo type of film. Well, just it's, to
0: give a real quick, going to the box office thing, if, I, if I'm at box office mojo, just to show you how the weekend went. Okay. Right? So um, the last witch hunter did $10 million. Okay uh paranormal activity did eight steve jobs did seven crimson peak did five you know who took the weekend the martian yeah at 15 million right behind it is goosebumps and right behind that is bridge of spies so you had the top three were movies that have been out for a while
1: yeah now what are the totals box office on goosebumps and crimson peak i'm curious
0: Goosebumps is forty three million, yeah. and uh, Crimson Peak is twenty two.
1: Interesting. 22. Yeah, it's not doing great. Yeah, you yeah. Know,
0: it's it's and yeah, I think it had a thirty million dollar budget. The Martian has done one hundred and sixty six million.
3: Good. And it fascinates me because those paranormal activity movies always do. They've great. always made money. This is and this and it made less money than the last Witch Hunter.
1: Right. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things where maybe we stretch this franchise one too far. <laughs> Even go. though this Hotel one
3: looked Trans- pretty good, Hotel Transylvania two in
0: its fifth week did nine million. It's done 148 million worldwide.
1: <laughs>
3: wow. wow. Well, that's uh, kids' movies always do. How old are your children? I forget. Ten and seven. Okay, so they're still at that age where they will go and see those types of movies, yes. and you have to take them, right?
1: Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, by so the that's way, three we tickets right about, there. We haven't even talked about uh, Hotel Transylvania two. I've seen that as well. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I'll save that for next time.
3: How much witch hunting is there? <laughs>
1: Not nearly enough. Yeah. So. Uh, Quick question, okay, and no spoiler alerts.
3: Okay,
0: does Vin Diesel kind of mumble his way through <laughs> it? Does he talk
3: in a low register? I should say I haven't seen a Vin Diesel movie in a while, and I forgot. I forgot the kind of actor he is. He, in the right role, he's great. There's a movie that, year, that came out nine years ago called Find Me Guilty. It's a Sydney Lumet yeah. film. He's great in that, based on a true story. Yeah, and it's like he's full of life. He's Isn't very that one of Lumet's last movies. Yeah, and and one that like when it came out I was like oh shit I thought he was dead I feel terrible saying that but it it turned out to be really good and um but like he has a lot of energy in the film and then an, I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious film. Why? I, I know these are great. <laughs> well, I've heard some. Of, I've heard like the last three are really good.
1: They're amazing. Yeah. But <laughs> the last three are
0: they're, they're fine <laughs> well, entertainment.
1: I mean, the Riddick franchise. He's the one
3: specifically who kept it going. He put a lot of his own money in one of them. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the executive producers on yeah. this. Like he he's making these these movies and. He's how been, is this his
0: passion piece? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes no I sense. See, I see
3: no ounce of passion yeah. in his performance.
1: <laughs> Vin Diesel needs to make Vin Diesel vehicles. That's all it is. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, yeah.
0: I get like, yeah, keep doing the fast movies. I get it. I would sure mumble in it, mumble in a tank top. But
1: going. this, <laughs> but this is, like, is the ar, this is the art house piece that you've chosen to fund. Yeah, but in
0: between. i yeah. <laughs> yeah. and fucking witch hunter.
3: And it's well, and then the. Uh, so his performances, you know, whatever. Um, and so, as the uh, as the film kind of kicks off, you have like an introductory scene, and then as the as the real film starts, uh, Michael Caine's narration comes in, and I was like, "What? You guys don't deserve him!" Uh, and then I remembered he was in you know Jaws four and stuff, and he do, he does this stuff from time to time, and he you know classes up the joint. But uh, but yeah, visually, like the way the way they uh, visualize witches is actually really interesting. But the thing that gets me, it should be. You mentioned season of the witch. That is actually the first film that I ever got a press screening right, for. Yeah,
4: when, when we finally made the big time. Yeah. Where we got invited to. We were considered members of the press. Invited yeah. to press screenings.
3: And Tyler, we thought we had to go to every single yeah, one. I
4: went to see Season of the Witch. You know, yeah. I'm sure you strolled into the screening room like, well, I've arrived. Yeah, absolutely. I'm and I'm the only one here.
3: <laughs> oh, it was full.
4: It
1: really?
3: was 100% full. Those I don't old, know. old
0: weird reviewers that like, bring their own food and this was like wrappers
1: <laughs> in the <laughs> back. I've seen those. It's I I so like, sad. shut the
2: fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I wish
3: it was those people. No, it was, uh, I would say, on, I feel bad saying online film critics, considering that's what we all are. And yet somehow I feel better than them. Anyway, um but yeah, it's it's like do. season of the witch, not merely because there's witches, but just like you see these movies, it's like last year there was a Dracula Untold, which I that has a it has Dracula in the name, so there's that, but like just these weird historical period type things and I I find myself wondering like these they're so mediocre and so forgettable. How do they get greenlit? Like there's no well, you've I, got I just, a director, uh, Brett Eisner, who's who's. I mean,
0: he what he's bringing to the table are amazing films like The Crazies and Sahara. Ugh. Hey,
3: The Crazies isn't awful. It's not the original, but it's not bad. <laughs> it not <isn't> awful. <laughs> that's
4: Sahara. your that's your
0: line in the sand. Sahara Excuse me, yeah. sir. It's
4: awful, by the way. I don't know if you saw Sahara. Oh, and, you know, when, that's
0: when Matt McConaughey was dating uh, Pen- Penelope Cruz, and they made that movie with Steve Zahn together, where they yeah. had to find a battleship that was under the desert.
4: You remember it better than I do. I just
0: remember. It's amazing. That's why it's it's
1: it's, it's pre
0: McConaughey.
1: The way you just he, described it, though, I'm like, well, you know what? I kind of want to see that movie. Yeah, you you made it battleship more interesting in the desert. than it was. That's, that's crazy. It's kind of cool. Like, so how did a... the battleship get in the middle exactly. of the desert? I want to know. Now. You've got to see the film. And how can they find it? Oh, let's hope. Will there be a sandstorm? Wow. <laughs> oh,
3: what? How do you? You've seen this. You've seen this.
1: <laughs> All we need is a mummy. And we're oh. perfect, but,
2: uh, but
3: you know what I mean. Like these
1: are, these are films that are just so. It's a lot of hedge fund funding. Like uh, it uh, does feel
3: like a like a front right. for the mob. Yeah, or something. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a legitimate business. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy needs the hutch winches. <laughs> Hun- hunt winches. <laughs> hunt winches. Hunt winches. Oh man, yeah. The last to winch put on the hunter. battleship. that'd be great. That's the point. Parody. Witches.
0: That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> but yeah,
3: it's just it's. Uh, I forgot about it the minute. It was over. It's it's just, you can't
4: even remember it for this, which right. I love.
3: I mean, it's like so I remember this is not a couple a part things. of the
4: Hansel and Gretel witch hunters franchise. No, that's just, a completely different this universe. Is a parallel universe. Yeah. Of witch <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Useless, forgettable universes. <laughs> yeah. It's I I just I find myself wondering, and this is something that um that I talked to uh, that I talked to the aforementioned Paul Goble about with certain TV shows, that you watch them and you see that like they're kind of high concept, but you also wonder like. It's a TV show. It's meant to go for at least five seasons. What's the end game here? Because your concept's going to run out in, like, five episodes at most. So w- what is the plan here? And it, and with a movie like this, just like, did you think it was going to do great? I mean, for the weekend it did, uh, For uh, as far as the new releases. Oh, no. But, like, I just – I wonder – the, the people well, who shouldn't. wrote it, did they feel passionately about it? Breck Eisner, did he feel passionately about it? <laughs> I the haven't producer, seen the movie. Did he champion it? Like how did this, this I'm immovable film get made? Yes, no. <laughs> but don't
0: feel bad, because it wasn't like it had a ninety million dollar budget.
1: Of
2: course. According it
3: did. to IMDB. <laughs> and you know what? It's all on the screen. They actually use it. They actually use it pretty well. Again, visually it's okay. It's not cut together well. You can't always make sure it $90 million. Do yeah. you yep. know what you could do with that?
1: You could make 90 better movies. <laughs> you could... How
0: many schools could you... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: how Oh, okay, you want to get... You like, could open film schools. With you that
0: could line. open... Yeah. Yes!
1: Oh, that's And have it. all those students make 100 better movies. God,
0: it's fucking... It's insulting. Like, what... So you million.
1: wonder too if, like, like Tyler was saying, is this like a write down or a write off or something? It has. It to has be. There's it some, has, some kind of front. Leg. It has
0: to be some.
1: We got to show a loss. Get me a Vin Diesel script. Exactly. <laughs> Let <me hang> on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there has to be some there in some corporate world it's like well we need the entertainment division of this megacorp to eat it so that we can devalue the stock and then buy it back like you know it has to be part of some fucking global chess game
3: i i
0: wonder john houseman's character in the rollerball has got his hands
3: (laughs) (laughs) up oh boy was i not expecting me thinking of john houseman today um the uh i wonder if it was to placate vin diesel where it's just like keep a good relationship with him. He no. got his hands on this shitty witch hunter script. He's producing it, so clearly there, he thinks there's something there. Yeah, I think it's a possible funny. franchise. It's set up to, for a sequel. Oh. Uh, I think oh. it must be what Chris said.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think we're like, get me. a We need to lose eighty to a hundred million dollars this quarter. Get me fucking Vin Diesel.
3: It's like William H Macy in Fargo. You know, he just orders cars that don't that like never show up, just so he can pocket the money. And they just need, the, or, or it's the producers. It's basically the yeah. producers. No, it's Argo. It's yeah. part
0: of some. It's part of some global thing. Like this is the, they they needed to shoot it in you know fucking Tajikistan. Or right. Like <laughs> and they're just like going through the, and you can just see Adam Markin going. So what's the movie? It's the the witch hunter. It's the last one. But how many were before it? The fucking go fucking witch hunter. Just shut the fuck up. Because we're making a witch hunter. Like that's
3: what this movie is. <laughs> it's like you know this is made with minimal crew. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. No, don't, don't worry about it. It's Ninety somewhere million there, dollars yeah, Somewhere it's, there's
1: a producer with a new house at the end of this. There's oh, always a producer course, with a new yeah, house. Yeah, yeah.
3: Someone need to upgrade their jet.
1: Right. I was happy I saw it, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know,
3: here's why, because... uh, Well, Neil did
1: mention that, you know, somewhere in there is a decent movie.
3: Oh, there's no question about it. And when it tries to be funny, God help us all, it's horrible. Like, you have uh, Michael Caine making jokes about iPads. Ugh. Um, You know, the Witch Hunter movie, by the way. Uh, But no, I was happy I saw it because, you know, you gotta see the bad ones to... Right. To, to make the good ones, uh, you know, you, you lose perspective after a while. No, if you like only you, see the good ones. When
0: you ones. live in Southern California, you got to go somewhere with it that has shitty winter, even just for a week. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> just, just so you go, yeah, I appreciate Southern California and all of its fine weather.
1: So I think we have to go right to DVDs. We got it. So we're going right yep. into DVDs. Right to DVDs. Let's, let's do it. Okay, Pixels. Now, uh, I don't know anyone who's seen this film. Uh, we couldn't get anybody from continues. the site to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and However, I found um, a lot of entertainment watching some of the online reviews of pixel like uh the videos that people were making the angry (laughs) um profanity laden um vitriolic reviews and they are absolutely hysterical way funnier than the movie could ever hope to be so if you want to learn more about pixels just google pixels review i mean that i think the reviews have more um views on it than the actual film
3: oh perfect you know so. sometime god, sometimes god sometimes opens a window
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and the other movie is southpaw oh, now, man, did you I, see this movie no
3: i
0: mean you t- for, if you come up to me and say jake <laughs> ellen Hall is a gritty boxer i'm in and then you add fuqua and i'm
1: yeah, oh. and like all right i'll watch the first half
0: right and i'll yeah. watch the first <laughs> act and a half on a plane and then when yeah. it gets dumb i'll turn <laughs> right. to something else and
4: that's <laughs> i didn't see it i know but i did learn from the poster to, to believe in hope. Oh, of good, good, good for you. Believe good. in
3: hope. That is a thing that fascinates the worst me. Ever. Yeah, especially <laughs> like you see him just beaten and battered, <laughs> and that's the tag. It's like that's a tagline for like a Nicholas Sparks right. movie.
1: Like, should not- I believe in hope or should I have hope?
3: <laughs> right. Which, what, what am
1: I supposed to? <laughs> I do? believe I, I in the idea. Believe. Yeah, <laughs> 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 believe in the idea of hope. That would have been even better. when <laughs> 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 make it as convoluted as possible, <laughs> <laughs> and then a parenthesis
0: just put baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that Jake Gyllenhaal wasted all that boxing yeah. training on believing in hope.
1: <laughs> so the other movie is The Gift. I did um, see that. Saw that one. Now, yeah. we didn't see this one, but... Uh, I saw it. What, oh, you saw it. I okay. did see it. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I liked it. I had a couple of things in the end, so it's worse. But what did you guys think of The Gift?
4: I th- I, I'm i I'm with you. It's, it's a... Here's a... Uh, no, I'm, I'm not entirely with you. I think I mostly disliked it, but I especially disliked the end. Oh, okay. Uh, the best part that this is a movie, the rare movie where the, the second act is the best part of the movie. When, when Joel Edgerton's character, who's like the antagonist, disappears from the movie for like 25 minutes and they're just left to deal with the fallout of what like the yeah. the fires that he's kindled or whatever the things that he started. That's fascinating. And then I feel like the third act when he comes back, it, it, it sort of... It uh, downgrades the movie. It becomes a lesser movie than what they had been building uh-huh. uh, by turning it That's into this like the, this this like cheap twist puzzle type. of I think movie. I cut yeah. it
0: more slack just because I really like Joel Edgerton, and when an interesting actor like that takes a stab at directing, I think he mm-hmm. wrote it as well. Yeah, I kind of want to get behind it and sort of like okay,
3: first time out, cool, some great stuff in it, some stuff I didn't enjoy directorially i think it's pretty solid the Mm -hmm. script needs work but like the way like there's little things that i enjoy you know in my film schooly kind of way uh the way he's constantly using frames sure and the idea of people whether it could be a window it could be a shower door uh mirrors just there are frames where people are always looking through something or looking into something uh and so i liked that as a nice little visual motif but um I think that to me, Joel Edgerton as an actor is good in it, but I think Jason Bateman does some oh, yeah, of the yeah. best work of his career. I know, he's mm. great in it. Like, it's great to see him as a, just a fucking asshole. Yeah, and you not know? revealed as one immediately. Right. That's the thing. Yeah.
0: And it's and yeah, exactly. Because he's usually the snarky, fun guy and the kind of likable. He's a little bit of a dipshit, but you
4: love him. <laughs> this is like slow burn. Yeah, but then that that leads to the problem in the third act. I don't want to spoil things, but. That as as it's revealed that he's more of an asshole, then Rebecca Hall's character becomes the protagonist because yeah. she becomes the good guy. Right. But then I feel like the third act like tries to get us back to, no, now it's about Jason Bateman again, and it felt right. like it felt like a wasted yeah. uh, character development. Well, yeah, our, uh, I felt I
0: felt like the switcheroo was shouldn't it was put it like it didn't need it as it, yeah. well, it almost felt like it was jammed in there a little
1: bit. One of our writers, uh, C.J. Johnson, he he liked it and he said he actually. Um, as was asked for feedback by the marketing department of the film, hmm. and um, he said the best thing was that he didn't see the trailer before. He said because the trailer gives away a lot of the things that actually yeah. happen later in the film. Yeah.
0: I think I, I remember I talking about that when we had dinner because he that was a great point. I said I bet you if I hadn't seen the trailer, I would have come into it a little more uh, blank and mm-hmm. not because that was that was because I watched the trailer and I remember going. I hope it doesn't do this you know what I'm saying and that yeah. really colored me as I
1: watched the film mm-hmm.
3: alright so yeah. don't watch the trailer guys yeah, just get the DVD it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, stop at a uh, estimate where the second act ends and then <laughs> stop it there
1: <laughs>
0: and then watch the first act of The Fighter and you're gonna have a wonderful night at yeah. the movies
1: yeah do a mashup <laughs> Yeah. Um, now one of the movies I wanted to talk about was The, the Road Warrior Southpaw because yes. the fighter sorry <laughs> Uh, it was The Road Warrior because I got the um, the anthology of the Mad Max movies, and uh, I've been watching them in order, so I saw The Road Warrior, and it's again, it's a really interesting thing to see these in order, especially because you've got the same filmmaker making them from the 70s up until literally this year. Um, so I was watching The Road Warrior after I had seen Mad Max, and... Uh, I enjoyed it again, and you could see where George Miller was able to get more money, it was a bigger budget, and all this stuff. And then you also had, like, the American studio sensibilities were definitely kind of shoehorned in a little bit, but the good thing is it really retained his vision and, like, what, what would this world that you created in your head be like if you had more money? And that's pretty much what he made. The only thing that was very off-putting now was the costumes because you've got like this weird like gay bar on one side and then you've got like Xanadu on the other. <laughs> like, because like, it was very, you could really felt eighty like really dated uh, in a weird post-apocalyptic 80s way. Um, but it's, you know, Mel Gibson is so good in it and it, it's just, it's so much fun in it. You could definitely see it's all practical effects. So any crashes and races and chases, they were all real um, but you, there was definitely still some limitations. I, I, I also found it interesting. Like
0: Michael Gibson thinking the Holocaust didn't happen.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's entirely
3: they, they possible. They had to cut around that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he kept, he little kept, things. <laughs> he kept blowing takes. You like now, George, I forget. Uh, did the Holocaust happen? <laughs> no at the
1: time, he may have still believed it did. You know, you don't know if when he made this movie. We when don't the know. switch
0: happened? Yeah,
1: we don't know when that happened after Thunderdome. So uh,
0: <laughs> Thunderdome pushed him down yeah. the fucking clan slope. All right.
1: So it's it's really I, I'm loving this anthology. And it's also I didn't have to put the subtitles on. I could understand what <laughs> everyone was was saying. And um the thing I really also enjoyed about it was it just had that Uh, No matter how weird or bizarre it got, you felt like this was just George Miller's vision. And you see that through every one of those films. It's like, no, as weird as out of place as this seems, it's what he wanted. (laughs) Like, you you see that in, like, every frame and every scene. It's just, well, no, it's, you know, weird assless chaps. That's what he wanted. He wanted that (laughs) shot. And uh, so... It's definitely, I mean, just characters like Feral Boy, you know, <laughs> with right. the boomerang stuff. <laughs> and stuff. I forgot some of these things. And it, it's great to revisit them. The thing that I also found interesting is if you look at some of the um, liner, like um, the retrospective like featurettes, like uh, the American Studios were afraid to release it as Road Warrior or as Mad Max 2 because they were afraid not enough people had seen Mad Max, and they wouldn't understand that this was a sequel, so they marketed it as the Road Warrior whether you had seen the first movie or not, because it's clearly a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's, it's funny, because yeah. I
0: remember I saw The Road Warrior as a kid, and I didn't see Mad Max till later, right. till I got a little uh-huh. older,
1: and then it was on VHS. I so think. It was actually smart marketing, because you got all the people in that didn't know about the first movie, and it didn't matter. I mean, there's a big recap at the beginning, voiceover. and right. You didn't need to see the first one. You, you were on board as soon as it started. Uh, but it was actually good marketing, uh, because a lot of people hadn't seen the film, and just to market it as the Road Warrior, it it, it didn't matter that there was one before. It, yeah. Everyone just really went and enjoyed it, and it, it blew up. It it did a real, it did really yeah. well. So well, check
3: it out. Uh, d- if you if you're a fan of George Miller, did you ever see Babe Pig in the City?
0: Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. We did. Okay.
3: Yeah, and that was it's marvelous. A, it's such an odd,
1: weird, dark movie, yeah. especially when you consider what it was a sequel to. Yeah. Like, uh, because the first movie was so bright and... Because it was not so cute and
0: nice
3: like the first one, I think it got dismissed. For sure, yeah. Far sooner than it Uh needed to be. Except By almost everyone except Gene Siskel, who listed it as his favorite movie of that year. And it it deserves to be seen. And I do feel like, what with Mad Max uh, Fury Road coming out, it does give, and people loving it, and you just want to be like, oh, you like it? Okay, go back and watch not only the old Mad Max films, but go and watch this crazy-ass Babe sequel. And Happy Feet. Which I still haven't (laughs) seen. I hear it's okay.
1: Yeah, it it's it's very hard to believe that, you know, this is the same filmmaker that's made all those movies, but every single one of them has a purity of vision. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is this is exact you could tell everything from Pig in the City. That's exactly what he wanted to show and it made complete sense to him, every single piece oh, yeah. and part of it. So, it's not and no, no scene was random no matter what project he's doing.
0: All right. <laughs> um so let's move to uh, what's the site spotlight? What do you want to do for that? Oh uh, well, we
1: were already talking about oh, Kristen, uh, last, oh yeah, the, Neil's last Witch Hunter review, but we want to mention there's uh, definitely some new stuff in the store. We want to let you guys know about. Um, we're carrying Dana Gould's posters from uh, the uh, Punchline in San Francisco, and they're really cool that you can you can check it out. It's a uh, it's a lot of monsters on there, and um, we have new CFN shirts that are really cool we have Chris's uh, printer is calling and my printer is calling I don't know why it keeps why does it it do this shutting off I don't know Uh,
0: Uh, yeah and so yeah so check that out we got the cool CFN shirts and then um, here's the fan feedback I want to do yes
1: oh I have one too but go ahead Mm -hmm. all right god damn that's fucking stupid I mean, I know. we're not editing we to shut this the- out no we
0: don't edit we don't like from
1: now on i'll make sure the printer is off for the show we'll just cover it in water <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um so last week we 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 talked about burnt because it was yes it came out this past weekend so the mm-hmm. last week's episode and i talked about how stupid it looks and so oh god i got several people did this but here's the one my favorite Uh, film nerd fan Jessica Lauren whose Twitter handle is at losing to laugh goes uh, why wouldn't Bradley Cooper do this movie he already did the TV show they put together the burnt poster which is him in the chef outfit looking all serious I gotta fight for my life for food in Paris (laughs) the dumbest concept ever and then a TV show he did called kitchen confidential uh and he's in a kitchen outfit but he's got his arms folded but he's got a cute smile <laughs> right. and it says a most delicious comedy from the creator of sex in the city uh, yes it just looks horrible like, <laughs> which
1: do you think is more horrible which burnt yeah because
0: <laughs> <laughs> burnt is gonna try to be so many dumb things that it isn't and mm-hmm. kitchen confidential you go oh this is a dumb show where they <laughs> right but, but th- th- here's the thing Kitchen Confidential is more fitting. You're doing a story about working in a kitchen. It's not life or fucking death. You're right. making food. Yeah. You're falling. You're getting drunk and banging. It's going to be quirky. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to sleep with people because you work late. Nobody mm-hmm. gives it the mob. The Parisian mob isn't going yeah. to fucking <laughs> shut you down. Yeah. So
1: yeah. You're not competing with a chef that's a rat.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: You know it's like I
0: got to get you back on top <laughs> of what? Just go oh, is he a- doing a French accent on yeah. the film or do you or, no or do but know? I okay. just I'm giving him one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he argues with a bunch of Frenchies, like, you know, and he <laughs> smashes all those plates. Yeah. So I gotta you know, ugh and and of course there's a get it done. Everyone's in the kitchen going, Oh, shut up. It's not a battleship.
3: <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> make a souffle,
0: you assholes. Um,
3: it's not dust
0: boots. Oh
2: yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's not the minor movie that's coming out with the actual story of those thirty three guys in the Chilean mine. with that looks oh, that looks awesome. It's fucking you're cooking. Right,
1: some. well, maybe they're cooking something in the mine.
0: Yeah. Who oh, wants to make the souffle? Yeah. With that I would want to watch. Yeah. If that souffle was going to keep them alive.
3: Yeah, Mine <laughs> confidential. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like we we're stuck to, in this mine, and I only have enough ingredients to make a really nice souffle. Yeah, so That's we got to make sure it it's yeah. not a really big
4: it. souffle. It's going to rise. Yeah, we going to take the best souffle of all of our lives <laughs> to
0: the top.
1: Are you with me? I need all your belts and buttons. <laughs>
0: So thank you Jessica Lauren for that.
1: Now I had a, um, I got an email and it started with point of order which I nice love. thank you like, I love the podcast dear sirs point of order um, we because we were talking about Michael uh, Crichton last last week with Wayne Fetterman and we forgot Mikey Cricht Mikey Crichton. we forgot to mention that Jurassic Park and we were talking about Westworld he wrote both of those. That's why we were actually oh, wow. commenting on the similarity. That's a great... Technology going wrong. And one of the things I was... Um, it's been a while since I, saw, I read the book. Misremembering for Westworld was that he actually wrote the movie script first and then went back and like the... It wasn't necessarily a novelization. It was like a... Uh, Westworld was the script like in book form. But there was a lot in the book that wasn't in the film. And I researched it a little bit more because I was really curious after that. Is that uh, once Michael Crichton shot the rough cut of the film he found it rather boring so there was all these scenes and shots that he cut out of the film that weren't in there but they a lot of the stuff like you know how the robots disabled the safeties on the guns to shoot people they're in the actual book which is like the extended script that's not in the uh in the film so uh if you're a Westworld purist <laughs> you uh, may want to check out the movie and then also the um Non novelization of the script in book form, but it also has a lot more information. I remember reading it as a kid and really just enjoying it because it got into more depth and it had all those deleted scenes. I don't remember because it's been over 25 years the actual format that the book was in, if it was in like the script format oh, or right. in the actual um, uh, paragraph form. So, uh, but yeah, that, that makes perfect sense now. The uh, Jurassic Park and Westworld being similar, considering right. it. Yeah, he wrote both.
3: And let's not forget disclosure.
2: Wow.
1: yes of course <laughs> exactly thanks the for same. bringing that back
0: <laughs> yes boy, we do we don't want to get another email about missing disclosure
4: um, that's when where all the animatronic robot robots start sexually harassing right yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but in
3: the novelizations like yes but how do they know to like snap the bra straps <laughs> yeah. or, so, so, so. <laughs> all
0: right coming out this week our brand is crisis boy i don't know
4: billy bob thornton Really? Because it's David Gordon Green, and he oh, you know, that's right. can make good movies. Okay. And then I mean, so he can also make Your Highness, which is yes. dreadful. But uh, this is this is good, and I know I know this has been. If you've read any article about our Brandis crisis, you know the thing they all the first thing I always lead with is that the lead role was written for a man, and it was George Clooney was attached at some point, hmm. and uh, now Sandra Bullock is playing it, and that's uh, that is has become kind of a tired selling point for the movie, but. To be honest, it does actually uh, intrigue me a little bit.
3: That's neat. I like the idea of that. And I like, I think, I, I enjoy Sandra Bullock. She's a sweetheart. And, uh, <laughs> but, but now, also she...
1: She's got to get down and dirty, campaign, right. you know, dirty tricks. with. Uh, and is it is it a political campaign or is it, uh, is it just like PR stuff?
4: I think it's a political campaign. It's, yeah. it's based on a documentary from a few years ago, which I also didn't see. But it's a, American, like political consultants get hired by oh, a right. South American politician to go down there and run the campaign. Got it.
0: Yeah, there was a documentary done by Rachel Boynton, mm.
4: and I guess it's sort of based on that, but
1: I don't know. I it's I, I'm
3: I'm not, I don't know how good it's Trailer gonna be made me go. Mm. Yeah. It's it's strange to me uh how there are movies that will be released and they don't look bad. They just don't look essential. Like, especially this, especially this, and I'm sure it'll be fine, and maybe I'll see it, I don't know. But, like, just this time of year, you know, you, I have an actual job, so, like, there's only so much, so right. many hours in the day, and if it's between our brand is Crisis and, you know, another movie that's The Last seen, Witch Hunter. Or The Last Witch Hunter, obviously, <laughs> uh, I'll see it again. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, it, you're right. Like, if, if that, like I said, that 33 movie looks really intriguing to me, mm-hmm. and that's, a, wow, what a compelling story. hmm that versus Billy Bob Thornton you know and I just I can't get on board with yeah. this. it's like
1: that same fi- it's like that stupid house i'm going to just drive.
0: <laughs> you know what i mean it's a dumb and house.
1: uh and, <laughs> well there's two horror comedies being released uh this weekend one in smaller release than the other which is interesting um because i don't really see a lot of difference between the two as far as like well why did this one get a larger release and why did the other one not um, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, um, Boy Scouts versus Zombies. Uh, we oh, saw it's the trailer.
4: So, this is not based on the To Kill a Mockingbird sequel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> go Tell the Watchmen? No. I
4: haven't read it. I thought maybe there were zombies. Go, go, <laughs>
1: Harper go, <or>
3: Lee really <laughs> tapped
1: into something yeah. there. <laughs> go Tell the Zombie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, so, I, you know, it, it's one of those movies, too. I thought the trailer looked kind of funny, and, but, you know, we are getting zombied out for sure. I will say uh, so. this.
0: Excuse me. Every time I'm like done with zombies, like enough, I see something that looks sort of interesting. And this trailer made me go, okay, Mm. three teenage boys. And the trailer is funny because it starts out as it's a teen party movie. Like they got to go to the party of their lives and and they're nerds and nobody wants them there. And then, oh fuck, zombies take over. That looks maybe intriguing to me.
3: I don't know. I, I think it just. What whatever uh, originality and and fun uh, is in the movie, I feel like is just that'll probably be in the first ten to fifteen minutes, and then I think it'll just turn into another zombie thing.
1: Right? And then it'll like just it, you have it, to it, sit through the next hour of yeah. stuff you've seen before.
3: And to me, like I, I love Zombieland. I think Zombieland is really good, really funny, and yeah. it felt fresh at the time because right. it was that was five years ago. Like, yep. and the idea no they, one was interested in the show. They, absolutely not. And I just feel like. I don't know, It's I, I always assume people are zombied out, and then uh, I'm Then wrong. all these more zombie things come yeah. out and make a ton of money. Then it's just like, we're going to have another zombie show, here's another. I just saw right. the, cat, the
0: cat zombies in the trailer made me go. Oh, my
3: God, that was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cat zombies, all right. If that's
0: enough. what they're going to do, is let zombie out things that have never been zombied before? Yeah. Right. Okay, let's see what that's like.
1: Uh, and the next one is Freaks of Nature. Now, this is kind of like a mashup, uh, a genre mashup, but it's also same vain horror comedy you have a neighborhood that has humans vampires and zombies all living together in harmony but then aliens invade so they all have to get together and fight the aliens together so uh, this is
4: directed by a friend of Battleship Retention Robbie Pickering Oh, um, he directed a great movie that is nothing like this called Natural Selection a few years ago um, and this I, I didn't even recognize this because it was called it was called Kitchen Sink for a long time oh okay because in- it was one it was
1: of the in- Hollywood Blacklist scripts
4: Oh, was it? Yeah, I okay. believe
1: so. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so I, when, it, when I heard that a movie called Freaks of Nature was coming out, I didn't even put two and two together. This right. is the movie that Robbie made.
1: I'll but, tell right. you, it's the kind of concept, too, that's very ambitious. And you also really set a tightrope up for yourself because mm-hmm. it could easily just be a mess. <laughs> well, so
3: knowing that, uh, that Robbie directed it, I did like Natural Selection. Really and movie. so I feel like uh, I think he'll uh, do okay with it. He has All a good right. uh, comedic sensibility. I'm inter I'm infinitely all more right. interested in that than uh, Scouts Guide to the Zombie See, Apocalypse. See,
1: I thought you two out of integrity would have recused yourselves from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not at
2: all. It's I, a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: it's a weird thing. Uh the last few years um
4: and our our, our friend Josh Fatim plays one of the zombies. Oh, indeed, yes, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm.
3: Um but uh, the last uh, the last few years like in my top 10 there's almost always like a movie in there that it somehow involves somebody that I know, uh, or someone that has been on the show. And I always feel like, oh shoot, I hope people don't get the impression that I'm just trying to like kiss up to our guests. But I try to specify, it's like, you're, you know, I'm not, uh, your, your film is not on my top 10 because you were on the show. You were on the show because you made a movie that was in my top 10. Like, right. I feel like after a while, just people with similar sensibilities will just sort of find each other. Right. Hmm.
1: All right. Yeah, well, that, that is it. We talked about a lot of ooh, movies today.
0: A couple another long one, another banging it out. Give Jeez. you guys some
1: bonus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, we could break this up into like six episodes. No, nah. <laughs> take some time off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what that are mean, we at? It, like ninety? Close. Watch out. All right. Well, uh, guys, battleshippretention.com. Where uh, can we find you guys
4: individually and together? Well, that's the, that's the main place. Where can battleship? we find your beards? <laughs> battleshippretension.com is where the our podcast and the other podcasts and the fleet and all the movie reviews including some of the stuff we talked about today uh, is, is up there Suffragette, Last Witch Hunter um, some other movies there's a, movie, there's a documentary that came out this week called Something Better to Come that uh, if it is in your city you should see it uh, that's at battleship pretension.com. You can email us at David at BattleshipPretension.com or Tyler at battleship pretension.com. As far as Twitter, I'm on there at Davey pretension and Tyler's on there at Tyler pretension
0: Nice. That's right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Way to brand it, boys. Real nice <laughs> yeah,
4: fucking <yeah>.
3: branding. <laughs> nice job. Um, well, David I, also hosts another show with the aforementioned Paul Goble right, called Hey, talking, Watch This.
4: Yeah, we're talking about movies today,
3: though. Okay, yes, yes. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: Um all
3: right, cool. Yeah, we're going to be uh, we're
0: showing uh, earbuds in uh, New York at Squarespace. Not open to the public, but
3: uh, haha. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> so if you're in New York, know the movie's showing probably near where you live and you yeah. can't see it.
1: <laughs> that is the best promotion ever. <laughs> Make sure you don't come to this thing you can't get into. ha
0: <laughs> yeah, It's going to be really awesome for the people that are there that won't be you. So
1: get a job at Squarespace. Yeah. By right. tomorrow. Right. And then you'll be able to see the screening on right. Wednesday. Yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're hiring. Yeah, <laughs> they're hiring down there. That the
1: company's expanding. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, and then Sunday, November first, uh, at the Good Heavens Bar in Tokyo, Japan, uh, at three p.m. Sunday, November first, we'll be showing Earbuds uh, and then at, I believe at 8, 8 p.m. I'll be uh, telling some stand-up comedy jokes.
1: Oh, that's going to be a good trip.
0: Um, so this is awesome.
1: I'm so, very jealous and sorry I'm not going to that, but you guys will have fun.
0: And tickets were cheap, man. 700 yeah. <laughs> bucks round trip to Tokyo. That's why this is happening. Let's be real fucking clear here. We don't have a lot of money. We're not making a lot of money on this. The plane tickets were goddamn half price. Um, so, uh, yeah, guys, if you're, if you're in Japan, please uh, Sunday, November 1st, um, I put the, there's a Facebook page for it, the Good Heavens Bar, and I put a link to it on my personal Facebook page and on, and my, uh, facebook.com slash Graham Elwood comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, so please check that out. Um, and this
1: is a preview screening that we'll be doing and then when we start to release the film we will have an official um screening and premiere probably in a theater.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bar and it's a yeah. this is a preview. this is the cut we showed at Podfest. We've already mm-hmm. made some changes to it, but the new the final version isn't ready yet, so it'll be the version that everybody saw at Podfest. Um mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, come out if you're in Japan and you want to see the film. Uh Sanai's going to be there. Uh, I believe Andy Utech, uh, Andrea, everyone's going to be there. So uh Come on out.
3: Now, the changes that you made to the documentary... Yeah. I have to assume it's longer now, incorporates more interviews
2: <laughs> uh, with maybe some sure. people
3: you know, like some of the, you know, less uh, prominent podcasters, you know. I have to assume it's something like that. Is that correct? Yeah, we put in just fifteen minutes of you guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so come out to Japan <laughs> to this weekend the movie, just to right? open yeah, a movie. So it's a double. cold opening of just <laughs>
0: outtakes of you guys in your apartment talking. It's fantastic. Um don't be afraid, you have not been cut out. <laughs> your one little flash of I guys- know
3: I saw it and I was super excited. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't it. been cut out for the new version. <laughs> okay, yes. all right. That's the one change you made. It's like, you know what? I'm tired of Tyler Ugh. making these jokes. Get him out Fuck of there. Him.
0: <laughs> cut those bearded assholes out of this fucking shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, come out to the Good Heavens bar mm-hmm. in uh, Tokyo this Sunday, November 1st. <laughs> That's our program.
1: Uh, Happy Halloween, everybody.
0: Oh, happy
3: Halloween. Yes.
1: While you'll be in Tokyo, I'll be going to Halloween Horror Nights. And I'm going to be walking
3: through the Crimson Peak house. (laughs) But it's just going to be a lot of like Victorian melodrama in there. Just like people emoting really hard. Oh, God, I'm hoping. (laughs) Because that would be terrifying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I forgot it is Halloween weekend. So I forgot to say, uh, we'll be doing a screening
1: in Tokyo. (laughs) A spook (laughs) screening. A scare screening. No, Halloween is an American holiday. They don't have it in Japan. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, but, all right. That sounds great. All right. Well, that's our show, everybody. Thank you to Tyler and Dave from Battleship Retemption. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Graham
1: Elf. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember,
2: Han shot first. Beard. <laughs> I
0: love shitty sound effects. <laughs>